0: Your Bibles and turn when you try to say take and turn uh, Turkey. Uh, take your Bibles, turn to First Timothy tonight. First Timothy, and uh, I will be brief, uh, Lord willing, and uh, do want to meet with the men right after the service if you'll hang around, uh, please, and uh, uh, the the members, men that are members uh, of the church, if you hadn't joined. Uh, our church, you ought to do so. I had a couple this morning talking to me about uh, about joining the church. So excited about that next Sunday. Lord willing, they're going to do that. If you have not, let me know. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to open the doors to you and uh, you'll be a part of what the Lord's doing here. Uh, and I'm assuming if you're here tonight, most of you are members uh, of our church and we're grateful for it. Uh, First Timothy uh, tonight, and uh, I want to... I want to, and I told you a couple weeks ago that we're going to pause on my marriage class for just a short while um, and uh, let that rest for a little bit so we can uh, come back and 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 go at it again with, uh, with some freshness. I don't want it to ever get um, just boring or monotonous. And so in the meantime, I want to do a survey uh, uh, for my adult Sunday school class, my adult uh, uh, Bible class I want to do a survey uh, of the book of First Timothy uh, I, I don't want to uh, I don't want to do an in-depth study to where we go word by word or even verse by verse there'll be some things that we'll miss but I want to do a survey I want to hit the highlights uh, of First Timothy. so if you're there uh, we'll read uh, we'll read uh, I guess, uh, We'll read a few verses this uh, this evening. Uh, uh, Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, Uh, boy, aren't you glad we have some hope tonight. Unto Timothy, my son, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Uh, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity. Out of a pure heart and of a good conscience, And of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. Uh, And I'd say tonight that we have an epidemic uh, in, in our hour of people in positions that they ought not be in. People behind pulpits that they do not belong behind. Uh, with no studies, with no soundness, with no doctrine, uh, and they are debating things, and they are talking about things that they have no understanding of. Verse eight, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Uh, well, let's Let's stop reading right there and and go over to uh, chapter two, uh, and I'm sorry, chapter three. And verse fourteen and fifteen. I, I, this this would be what I would believe in, in uh, this uh, epistle to Timothy would be the uh, the key uh, uh, verse or key verses. These two verses, second or first Timothy rather, chapter three, verse number fourteen. In a in a nutshell, this would encapsulate uh, the entirety of of Paul's letter to Timothy. Uh, verse number fourteen. These things I write unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. He says, I'm writing these things, I'm intending, I'm hoping to come unto you shortly. Verse 15 though, but if I tarry long, I'm writing these things, I hope to come to you shortly, but if not, if I tarry long, I've written it, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar of, and ground of the truth. Uh, He gives us the purpose of this epistle. I've written this epistle, I've written this letter to you, Timothy, that you might know and that you might teach others that they might know how to behave in the house of God, what church is supposed to look like. Uh, And I want to say to you we are living in a generation that knows not what church is supposed to look like, uh, and what is sound doctrine, uh, what is fundamentals of the faith. And so I want to take a little while over the next couple, three, four, five, six, seven Sunday nights, uh, and I want to teach on, with the Lord's help, uh, this first epistle of Timothy, of Paul to Timothy, and look at some sound doctrine. Uh, tonight, uh, I am interested in giving you an introduction to Timothy. Uh, there are some things from Timothy's life uh, that, that you and I can learn. And we'll, again, we'll just kind of survey this. We'll jump over some verses and back to some verses. We'll go to some other portions of Scripture. Uh, let, let, me, uh, let me say by way of introduction, first of all, Uh, According to the the greeting, chapter 1, we know who the author is. Uh, It's Paul. Uh, It's a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy uh, as instruction and encouragement. So we know who wrote it and we know who it was written to. It was written to Timothy. Now we know the Holy Ghost had something else in mind. Uh, and he took this letter, preserved it, placed it in your Bible, and it is a letter to, the, uh, to Timothy, but it is a letter to the churches. It is one of the pastoral epistles, uh, and it is given to instruct the Christian, instruct the preacher, instruct the church uh, in what a preacher ought to look like, what a deacon ought to look like, what a church ought to look like, these matters of church behavior, uh, what, what, what it ought to be. Uh, and, and, and we'll look at all of that. Uh, we know who wrote it. We know who it was written to. Uh, you, can, you can read uh, uh, the book of Acts. If you go to Acts 16, uh, you'll find out. It's Acts 16, verses 1 through 3. You'll find out where Paul meets Timothy. Uh, the book of Acts, when we come out of uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the book of Acts is a transitional book that describes much of early church history. Uh, and a lot of the things written by Paul uh, in the Pauline epistles uh, uh, are, are written uh, and they describe events that take place in the book of Acts. Uh, in Acts 16, Paul travels into a region uh, which is modern day Turkey now. Uh, and, and, and he travels into a region of Derby and Lystra. Uh, that's Acts 16. And there he meets a man Uh, whose mother, and we'll find out later, is it 2 Timothy, I believe it is, that his mother and uh, 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 Lois and his grandmother Eunice were Christians. Uh, His mother was a Jewish believer. Uh, She was a Christian and and his father was a Greek and there in Derby and Lystra he meets Timothy. God knits their heart together and Timothy joins Paul uh, in the gospel ministry. Uh, Aren't you glad tonight for when God puts people in your life that helps you uh, in your Christian life, in your Christian walk, in the gospel ministry? Uh, That is what the church is here for. Uh, I'm to help you. You're to help me, and we're to do something for the glory of God and to reach somebody with the gospel that'll save their soul from hell. And uh, Paul is on his missionary journeys and God in a divine sovereign appointment uh, puts him in contact with a man that will change his life. He will change Timothy's life and the both of their lives will never be the same. I, I remember when I was in Bible college, Brother Steve Hurt taught this years ago. I, was, uh, I, was, I started Bible college in 05 uh, and, and he taught a class on divine, or he taught a night uh, in class on divine appointments, uh, and he he uh, emphasized uh, when God uh, places divine appointments in your life, you didn't orchestrate it, you didn't put it there, you couldn't have orchestrated it. But he said, be mindful, be careful when God puts people in your life for a purpose. Those people are in your life to bring about a purpose in your life and you're in their life to bring about a purpose in their life. This is one of them divine appointments. And Paul will live out his days with a tenderness and a dearness to Timothy in his heart. And Timothy will live out his days with a dearness and tenderness in his heart towards Paul because of this divine appointment the day that they met uh, and God knit their hearts together. There'll be a lot of people in life that you'll love. There'll be a lot of people in life you'll appreciate. There'll be a lot of people in life that you will be drawn to. But it is only God that can take two people and so place them together in the ministry, so place them together in a Christian fellowship and friendship that they can benefit one another, that iron can sharpeneth iron, and thank God for that. And and you're not going to manipulate that Uh, You're not going to create that, but when God puts that there, welcome that, allow that, and be benefited from that. Uh, God does that uh, with Paul and with Timothy. Uh, When we we find uh, Timothy, uh, the first several verses are Paul talking to Timothy. All of it really is is instruction, but I want to look tonight at about four characteristics of Timothy uh, that are uh, needed uh, in the church world tonight uh, for <clears throat> characteristics that, that need to be seen in my life and in your life. Uh, and, and some of those were things that he was doing, some of those were things that he was a beneficiary of, uh, but they are characteristics in his life uh, that ought to be in Crossroads Baptist Church and in the lives of the members of Crossroads Baptist Church, in days to come, we'll get into the doctrine that Paul instructs him to teach, and uh, we'll look at those things the qualifications of a deacon, the qualifications of a of a pastor uh, but but tonight I want to look at these four characteristics of Timothy uh, that we find uh, in the in in the first few verses. Uh, look with me uh, in verse number three tonight, first uh, Timothy chapter one and verse number three, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some, that they teach no other doctrine. Now again, we know who's talking, it's Paul, and we know who he's talking to, it's Timothy. And in reading between the lines, we can understand some things that are going on in the context of this letter. And one thing that I, uh, that I find, uh, verse 2, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. Uh, I I, I skipped verse 2. Let's look at it first. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I I would say to you tonight, number one about Timothy. And I think it's important because I I believe that we need to have this mindset. Again, these are the things that God does, but we ought to have this mindset mindset. Uh, God uses Paul and Paul writes and he says about Timothy that Timothy is my son. Now we know Timothy is not Paul's physical son. We know it's not his flesh and blood. Uh, I, I don't even believe that Timothy was saved uh, 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 I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure Timothy was not even saved under Paul's ministry. Uh, but God brought them together, and as a young man in the faith, as a young man serving the Lord, uh, Paul Paul was not taking credit for his salvation. Paul was not taking credit for his new birth. Uh, he actually attributed that to his mother and his grandmother. Uh, but Paul is affectionately addressing Timothy. As his son. And so one thing that stands out to me about Timothy. Is that Timothy was a son uh, in the eyes of Paul. In the eyes of Paul, Paul realized his investment. He realized his need in Timothy's life. I have something that you need. Uh, Timothy likewise realized that he has something that I need and as Paul extended that fatherhood like figure into the life of Timothy likewise Timothy received that from Paul and you have a spiritual father and a spiritual son he was not his physical father but we have that relationship with Timothy as a son I'll give you some verses that'll back that up tonight uh, Philippians, and I, I probably should have already had a mark, but I uh, I was studying in one Bible in my office, and and uh, uh, I'm preaching out of a different Bible than I was studying in. Uh, but if Philippians is still in my Bible, and I, it may have jumped out. Uh, if you get there first, Philippians chapter two, uh, uh, I uh, I'd be happy to see it. Uh, Philippians, there it is. I just found it. <laughs> Philippians chapter number two, and verse number twenty-two. Uh, Let's see here. Philippians 2 verse 22. Um, But you know the proof of him. This is Paul talking about Timothy's faithful service. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Now Paul says uh, to the church at Philippi concerning Timothy, you know the proof. You know this. This was not something that Paul knew or Timothy knew only. But this was something that the church at Philippi knew as well. Others knew this, that Paul had invested in Timothy. Timothy uh, had received that, and as a son in the faith, uh, Timothy was to Paul. Now, you say, what is the spiritual application of that? Uh, I believe tonight, I want you to hear me, that it is the job of the men in the church uh, to lead to invest, to instruct uh, in the lives of the young men coming up, our time, our energy, our money, our efforts, our ability, our wisdom uh, uh, to invest as a father would invest in a son. Whatever uh, Timothy learned, uh, no doubt uh, 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 he could learn without Paul being in his life. But Paul advanced Timothy, Paul uh, introduced Timothy, Paul brought Timothy to a place that Timothy would not have got on his own uh, except for the help of a divine appointment God put in both of their lives and one man benefiting a young man. And I'll tell you something else, that young man was benefiting the old man as well. It is a two-way street. Uh, There is something about a young man uh, that breathes life into an old man and there's something about an old man that brings wisdom into the heart and life of a young man. And uh, young men, uh, I would say to you, uh, don't be too busy looking for girls. Uh, Young ladies, don't be too busy looking for boys that you wouldn't sit down at the table with somebody who knows something about life and listen to them. And older men don't be too busy hobnobbing with society that you wouldn't walk past 10 people on your level to go sit with somebody who is not going to benefit you at all in the short term of your life. Paul hooked up. Uh, with Timothy and Timothy with Paul and together God made them a duo that could serve the Lord, that could benefit one another. Paul is a father spiritually. Timothy is a son. And we need uh, we need aged men and aged women that can teach the young men and the young women. I, I think it was... Uh, uh, I don't remember when it was. I think it was our marriage conference uh, where I made the statement, why uh, do we get so offended when older people in the church instruct us in raising our children? Huh? Huh? You take a young man and an older man come along and say, son, I I don't know if you'll listen to me, but when I was doing this, this is what I would have done right here. And that young man will say, well, thank you, and go away and talk to 12 people and tell, can you believe that old man said that? Why can't he say that? I'm not talking about a smart aleck who wants to get in everybody's business. I'm not talking about a jerk who wants to be rude to everybody. I'm talking about an aged man in the church who's trying to instruct a young man. Uh, an older lady will come to a young mother and say, I'm not trying to be nosy, but I see here this is an issue and, and, and I want you to know this and, and, and here's what I would do. You can take it or leave it, but here's what I would have done. And, and, and if she's polite, and she's not always polite, uh, they're not always polite, but if she's polite, she'll say, well, thank you for the advice and then go her own way to never heed the advice. Most people don't listen to good advice. I know. Help me now. But if she's polite, she'll say, well, thank you, and then she'll go her way and get in the car and tell her husband, can you believe that old bat said that? Huh? Can you believe she talked to me like that? What does she know? We're not raising kids in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. This tooth, I don't care what time it is. The Bible is true in 2004 and 2024. And it'll be true in 2044. Why can't you learn from somebody older than you? Why can't you submit from somebody who's been uh, where you are? Why can't you why Why can't you pick up uh, what they uh, have extended to you and run with it and learn from it and benefit from it? Are you hearing me tonight? Paul was a father to Timothy. Timothy was a son. Take the lessons, take the teaching, take the instruction, take the reprimands. Allow people in your life, I, I, I'm trying to move on but I feel, like I, need to, I feel like I need to dig in right here a little bit. Just because you've made it to your 30s or 40s, allow people in your life to instruct you. Never get too big or too old that someone cannot reprimand you. And I'll tell you something else. One, one thing, and I'm not trying to bring up everything I learned in Bible college because I've forgotten most of it. Some of it I needed to forget. Some of it I didn't mean to forget. And some of it I wish I could remember. Ah, uh, but one thing that 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 they. Uh, taught us, and I remember this, I mean, I remember it standing out to me, is even when it's people that don't like you, just because they say something negative against you, don't throw it out just because you think they don't like you. They may not like you, they may be against you, but there may be merit in what they say. Learn to take criticism from people that like you and learn to take criticism from people that don't like you. Somewhere in the middle, there may be some truth. And i tell you something else. The people that like you will never tell you the truth. You're not going to learn from people who like you. Well, I shouldn't say that. You might not learn as much about you. They might not be as honest with you. Because they won't, don't want to hurt your feelings. But you learn from people that don't agree with you, that don't like you. And aren't to learn. And allow yourself to be a teacher. Paul, our Timothy, was a son. I, I think about, uh, and I'm not trying to name drop here, we were at the meeting this, this week, and Brother Dean McNeese said, uh, 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 in front of everyone at the meeting, he said, I've got two sons in the faith, Chris Simpson and Josh Williams, and he said, you two men have been my son, and, and I'm going to tell you something tonight, I, I, God, to God be the glory, but the men I know, the places I go, the meetings I preach, the the, the mission trips I take, the, the, the me being here, all of those things are because that God put somebody in my life that has... Help me, and, and and I'm nearly forty years old now. The relationship's different. I used to call him every day with a question. I, should, I used to call him every day with a problem, and and now I'll go a month without calling him. Uh, and it's not as much that I need assistance or help, but now it's just companionship and friendship. And and no doubt the relationship has changed because it, it needed to. You don't need to you don't need to be babied at some point in life. I mean, when we when we're starting out, it's good to be helped along. But that bond, that knitting together, that that sonship, Uh, men and ladies of the church uh, take that ministry to heart and bring that along. I'm not talking about walking around getting somebody uh, to call you their father or mother in the faith. But I'm talking about making that investment to where it is known that you have invested in their lives. And others know it. Timothy was a son. Do you see that? Well, it took me 22 minutes to tell you that. Let me give you the second one. Maybe it won't take as long. Not only was Timothy a son, and all these things matter in the church world, Timothy was sendable. Look look in verse 3, and I, I think this is extraordinary. As I sought thee still to abide or as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge them that they teach no other doctrine. Uh, Paul said, uh, now Timothy, I'm writing this letter because I know where you are. You know why I knew where he was? Because he put him there. Uh, I am leaving Ephesus. Uh, I am uh, going to Macedonia but there's work to be done in Ephesus. Timothy, you think you're up for the job? And God allowed Timothy to do a work that needed to be done that Paul could not do on his own because he had other work to do. And God allowed a young man to come up with Paul and and, and Paul could take that young man and place him in that position and watch this, trust that the job would get done through Timothy. I I, want to give you uh, some more verses where we see this, um, and and, and then I'll I'll share my thought with this, and and, and we'll move on. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, and you can write these down and go look at them later uh, if you want to. If you don't, don't. I don't care. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 17. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, he's talking to the church at Corinth, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you in remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. He said to the church at Corinth, I'm sending Timothy. I'm going to tell you something about what we know about the church at Corinth. It was a gifted church. It was a wealthy church. And it was a mess. And Paul said, I need somebody to watch over this place. I need somebody to care for this place. I need someone to help at this place. Timothy! Can I send you? And he knew that he could, and he knew when he got there, according to verse 17, he knew that they would bring them in remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Timothy, I know I can depend on you at Corinth. According to Philippians chapter 2 verse 19, you can look it up when you get home, Paul sends Timothy to Philippi. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 2, there's a time where Paul sends Timothy to Thessalonica in Greece. According to 1 Timothy chapter 1, there's a time that Paul sends Timothy to Ephesus in in the regions of Turkey. Uh, Corinth, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Ephesus. And Paul sends Timothy. Now I want to ask you a question tonight. Could anybody send you to do anything anywhere and you get it done? And if not, then what can you do to make yourself sendable to get a job done? I don't care what the job is, spiritual, physical. Whatever it is, a lesson we learn in the life of Timothy is that he was a son, but not only that, he was sendable. I read somewhere, and I liked it, that the greatest of all abilities, the greatest ability of all is dependability. Oh, y'all, are you hearing me? The greatest ability one can have of all the abilities is dependability. And I'll tell you something tonight. Few people have dependability. There are few people that you can entrust a special task to and know that they will get it done. I won't have to check on them. I won't have to call about it. I won't have to remind them. I won't have to walk behind them. I won't have to check behind them. But I can give them a specific job. I can, as long as I give them the instructions and they understand the instructions, they can get the job done because they are dependable. And if anything that we need in our churches, uh, we need folks that are dependable. They're dependable to be there uh, unless hell or high water or some major sickness or death, they are dependable to the house of God. they are like clockwork. You know that they're going to be there. They can be counted on for their Sunday school class. They can be counted on for their choir membership. They can be counted on for their giving, for their tithe. They can be counted on for their missions. They can be counted on in their pew Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They are dependable. Dependable as fathers, dependable as mothers, dependable as young people. They can do a job, they can fulfill a job, and they can fulfill the call and the place that God has put them in. If people think about your church attendance, that they expect you not to be there more than they expect you to be there, then you are not dependable to your church. if your children don't expect you to do what you said you would do, you are not dependable. God help us. But Timothy was sendable. He was able to be sent to do a job. Proverbs chapter 26, verse number 6. There's two proverbs I want to give you and we'll move on quickly. He that sendeth a message message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. Uh, A a man who needs a job done and he gives it to a fool to do might as well cut off his own feet and drink poison. Because what he expects to get done is not going to get done. He might as well have done it himself. Here's another proverb, Proverbs 25, verse 13. As the cold of snow in a time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him. Watch this now, I love it. Proverbs 25, verse 13. For he refresheth the soul of his master. I've given him a job and I know he's gonna do it and because of that I can go home and rest and be refreshed that that job will be completed one thing about Timothy is that Timothy is sendable Paul could send him to Corinth he could send him to Philippi he could send him to Thessalonica he could send him to Ephesus and he knew that Timothy was made of stuff that would keep him there and would get the job done now I want to ask you a question and move on tonight are you made of stuff that will keep you there and get the job done can your pastor depend on you? Can your parents depend on you? Can your boss depend on you? Can your coworkers? can your peers depend on you? to be there present, ready for action and to get the job done? Or is it like giving a job to a fool might as well do it myself? Uh Timothy was sendable. i tell you the third thing. Let's see here. It's, it's 6.51. I covered point number two in nine minutes. I'm getting better. If I keep on this track, I'll be done with point number four in like two minutes. Number three, Timothy. Not only was he a son, not only was he sendable, but Timothy was subordinate. It was almost like an officer... And a subordinate, an officer and, and one of his corporals. Uh, Timothy was subordinate. Look, look in, look in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 3. And I, and I want you to understand what I mean by that. And I think by reading the verses, it'll explain it to you. Has I besought thee to abide still? And, and notice that word besought. This was not a glamorous position. Everybody wants to go, nobody wants to stay. Everybody wants, when, when in the glamorous, I want to go, I want to go serve the Lord, I want to go do this, I want to go do that, until you get to where you're supposed to go and then find out, it's really hard to stay here. Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it, I'll go, I'll go serve you. And God says, okay, go to the jail, Preach. And then every Tuesday night it's like, Lord, are you sure that's what you want me to do? It's hard to stay here. I ain't had no one saved in six months and I'm really tired and I just want to eat supper and I want to go to bed and, and, and Lord, is there anybody else can go in my place? Or oh, are y'all hearing me? Everybody wants to go, I want to go preach, I want to go, sur- okay, go to the nursing home. Well, Lord it's kind of quiet there and depressing and hot and Lord are you sure this is what I I think I'm getting burnt out with this ministry. <laughs> Everybody wants to go. I want to go be a pastor and then God sends you and give you a church and you go become the pastor and you find out it ain't all. It's cracked up to be. They all love you for three months and you're the greatest preacher we've ever heard. Our last preacher was so stupid but you're so good and you've taught me more than three months than I learned in the last 30 years. Well, I don't know how y'all got that idiot before, but boy, I'm good now. And then three months later, I ain't learned nothing from him. He's, I don't know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. It's time for him to go. Well, hold on. I thought y'all really liked me. Don't y'all remember all that stuff y'all said about me? Yeah, we didn't mean none of it. We just wanted to control you. It's easy to go, it's hard to stay. And Paul said to Timothy, as I besought thee, that word besought, I beseech you therefore brethren, brethren sorry, I beseech you therefore brethren, I besought you. That's what Romans, is it Romans 12, 1? I beseech you therefore brethren, I beg of you. I'm begging you to do this. Paul said I besought you, I begged of you, I inquired of you, I called upon you, I need you to do this. Almost as if there was a resistance. Paul, are you sure you want me to stay? Because I'd like to go to Macedonia. No, I need you to stay here. And he was able to take leadership and command as a subordinate. How about you? Can you be told what to do? Can you be told to stand back, stand down, stay? Well, everybody else is going. I want to go. Are y'all hearing me still? Verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 3, as I to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia. Watch this, that thou mightest charge, I've got a job for you to do, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. I'm going to tell you something tonight, that ain't a glamorous job. It is glamorous seeing souls saved. It is glamorous watching people get born again. It is monotonous. It is day in and day out bringing, and it's a blessing and I'm grateful for it, but there ain't victory lamps being ran most of the time. There ain't, there ain't excitement all the time when you are day in, day out teaching sound doctrine. That's why Sunday school is such a blessing. But it's never a great, very, I say never, it's rarely a great exciting time because it is, it is tedious, it is teaching, uh, it is sometimes monotonous because it is the deliverance of sound doctrine. But Paul said, Timothy, that's what I'm charging you to do. And Timothy said, okay, I'll take my job and do it. Uh, chapter 4, verse 11, same book, First Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 11. These things command and teach. Paul said, I command you to do this and you do this. Chapter 6, verse number 14. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul sure is throwing out a lot of commandments. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I don't know who they think they are, but they're not going to tell me. Why? Why can't they tell you? How did you get so big that you can't be told? How did you get so big that you can't be told? Chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in certain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly to all things to enjoy. Paul said, tell all them rich people that they not be rich in this world, but in another world. Who wants to go tell rich people that? I want to tell rich people, we love you. Jesus does too. He said, you rebuke them and charge them and tell them. Okay. That's what you think needs to happen. Okay. Verse number 20. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science. Falsely so-called. He said, I've entrusted something to you and you keep it. You keep it. He's being commanded. He's being told. And Timothy is a subordinate. I'll say it to you like this and move on to the next one. Timothy could take orders. You know what I found in the average independent Baptist church or any other church, that matters? most people cannot take orders. I'm going to run that and buy you again. Most people cannot take orders. And I understand that there have been some, some mishandlings of things throughout the years and people trying to be dictators in people's lives. And I don't believe that God ever intended for a preacher to be a dictator. I don't believe that God ever intended for, for the man of God to lord over God's people I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches and we'll look at that but somebody needs to lead somebody needs to lead your home and what we have come to believe that is, is, is in the south especially but, but men have this attitude woman go get me some sweet tea you old ball and chain you get up and go get your own sweet tea if you're going to talk like that that's not what leadership looks like leadership is loving and kind but leadership can teach and can lead God wants somebody to lead in your life and you need to learn to follow. Are you hearing me? Timothy could take orders. He could be taught. Let me give you the last one. Let's see here. I talked to, I gave you that one in eight minutes. Doing good. It's 6.59. If we'd have stopped before seven, we'd, we'd have been liberal anyhow. Uh, and so we didn't want that. You didn't want that. I know you didn't. You think you did, but you didn't. I, I know you didn't. Y'all want me to give you the last one? Are y'all all right? Timothy was subordinate. When all this, we see it right here in these, these verses, As we, really as we read between the lines of what Paul's telling Timothy to do. And, and, and we need that in the church. We need, we need that, that son. I want to invest. Be investable. And we need that, uh, what, what, was the, what was the second one? We, we, we need that sendability, the ability to be sent to do a job. And we need that subordinate mindset where there are people in our life that are in charge. We are following commands. Not in an overlording and a dictatorship, but in a, I have a boss where I work and it's my job to do what he's asked me to do. I have a boss where I live and it is my parents. It is my job to do what they have. I have a boss in the Word of God. It is my job to allow the Scripture and the Spirit of God. There's an order in the church with people and teachers and leaders and preachers. Be be able to be put somewhere by the hand of God and, and to be used by the people of God. Let me give you this last one tonight. Timothy was sound. And this is, a, this is a big deal. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. As I besought thee, watch this, to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Paul said, Timothy, I, I want you to go do this job for me and what I want you to do when you get to Ephesus is I want you to teach them what sound doctrine looks like so they teach no other doctrine and I I tell you tonight that I believe that's one of the great problems that we have in in American society today is that we have churches with no doctrine and they're proud of it it is the, the the rock or the bridge, or the gap, or the hill, or the hill song, or whatever you want to call it, the the, the church without a tag or a name involved. And what that is saying. I was talking to a man the other day, and he was telling me about a church, and I said, I'm pretty sure it's a Catholic church. And he said, well, they they used to be, but they've taken that off the name, and I think it's non-denominational. But the truth of the matter is, is, it's probably still a Catholic church. They just don't want you to know it. One, one man said this, and I can't remember who it was, but he, but he, but he uh, 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 said there, non-denominational is a lie. He said if you get two or three people gathered together, they have a common denominator. And if they have a common denominator, then they have a set of beliefs that they believe and that they're teaching and preaching, and there's no such thing as non-denominational. They believe something. And the problem is that there's so much unsound doctrine because there's so little sound doctrine. And he said to Timothy, I need you to teach. And if he's going to teach, then he's got to know. And if he's going to know, then he's got to learn. And that means somebody needed to teach Timothy. Thank God for his mother and his grandmother and his preacher." And mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas, it is our job to teach somebody something. That means we got to learn something. You probably ought to come to the house of God. You probably ought to plug in. You probably ought to listen to preaching. You probably ought to get all you can get so you can learn and know and teach. What has been committed to thee, teach faithful men also. I butchered the verse, but you know what I mean. Look in verse 10, chapter 1, verse 10. For whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. He said, I want you to rebuke it, I want you to teach against it, and I want you to teach sound doctrine. Timothy was sound. We know that by reading 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse number three. Forbidding to marry, said in the last days, the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Verse three, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving to them which believe and know the truth. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Chapter, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong. Second Timothy, chapter four and verse number three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. He said there's coming a time they'll not endure it. They'll not hear it. They don't want it. But Timothy, you hear it. You learn it. And you teach it. Whether they want it or not. You say, you preach like that. You're not going to build a church. Oh, I'd beg to differ. This depends on what your mindset of what a church is. And if you think all a church is is a gathering of people then every pop star and every award show is having church. Because you can do anything you want to gather a group of people. There's gatherings of people in everywhere you look. Church is more than a gathering of people. Church is a body. And you preach sound doctrine, you might not gather a crowd, but you build a body. Dessert will bring in the masses. Meat will make your body healthy and growing. The word "sound" is free from mixture of error. It means well or in good health. You'd say about a horse: Is he sound? It means is he healthy without error? Paul said, Timothy, teach sound doctrine i want to i want to tell you tonight as i close what we need to find in the church is we need to find as timothy was a son to paul we need to find some men that are willing to be spiritual fathers and some some ladies willing to be spiritual mothers and some young people willing to learn from some older people and 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 we need some folks that's are so dependable that they can be sent to do a job and we know they'll get it done and 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 we we need some folks that Uh, uh, have no problem, they're subordinate they can take charge, they can be charged by others to do a job they can be charged, they can be led, they can follow and we need some folks that are sound we need some folks that are sound they know something about the word of God Uh, I I remember and and I've heard others use this illustration but I knew a lady she was uh, president of a local BB&T bank uh, in, in, in my hometown years ago and uh, she told the story. Uh, what was the man' name? The, the movie they made a movie about him. Catch me if you can. anybody remember his name? Do you remember the movie? Catch me if you can. She was president of the bank, and this man was arrested for money fraud. He had passed, uh, he had passed uh, uh, checks and money fraud and all that stuff, and he was arrested for it. And the FBI was so good at it that they, had, they had brought him in to. Uh, after he had done his prison time, they'd worked with him. They said, "If you'll help us, we'll we'll shorten your sentence. If you'll help us find this." And so he ended up getting a job and working for the FBI. He was that good? They brought him into the BB&T bank meeting that they had, and 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 all of the bank presidents and leaders. that came in, and they were trying to teach them how to detect um, uh, bills that were. Counterfeits, thank you. Counterfeit money. And, and what he taught them is he said, I cannot tell you what counterfeit money looks like because it comes in many different forms. He said, but I can tell you how to find it. I can't tell you what it looks like, but I can tell you how to find it. He said, you familiarize yourself with the real thing. He said you handled the real thing day after day, moment after moment, so much that you know that anything that passes through your hand that's not real, you know it the moment it hits your hand. He said I can't tell you what it's supposed to look like I can't tell you what it's supposed to feel like He said but if you know what the real thing looks like If you know what the real thing feels like The moment that something counterfeit Passes your fingertips You will know there's something not right with this I believe that's what Paul said When he said I need you to teach some sound doctrine I need you to familiarize yourself With the word of God I need you to know what the spirit of Christ looks like I need you to know the truth And if you know it when something comes along it'll grieve your spirit the question is, is how come so many of us Christians nothing, nothing that ought to grieve our spirit ever does what we need in the church is soundness that recognizes truth and anything that's contrary to it immediately flags go up and say I don't know what it is But there's something about that not right I believe God built a strong church like that. Now we're going to look in the next few weeks and we're going to go through this. I think it's going to be good. I've enjoyed tonight. And I appreciate you. If if you're in my class tonight, and ordinarily you're not, good news for you. We put all these online and you can go listen to them. All right? Let's pray. Lord, I love you tonight. We're going to dismiss here in a moment, Lord. Before we do, we just want to thank you. For a good day. Lord, we met with you this morning. You met with us. We felt your presence. We heard your voice. We, Lord, we come before you this morning. Great worship and great, Lord, great movings of God in our hearts, and we thank you for it. Then tonight we come back and God, you just let us sit down in the Word of God and study for a little while and convict us in the areas of our lives. Lord, I thank you so much for it. God, may we feed and feast upon the word of God as we dismiss. And we'll love you and we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.